0: Hello friends, this is Doug Scheibel, and I welcome you to the very first edition of the um, Premature Bible Institute. Uh, This is the very first time I've done this and very first podcast I've ever done. So uh, in the beginning, it'll probably a little bit sound a little nervous to you. But uh, I think as time goes, it'll flow and start uh, um, running together very well. Many of you who are uh, hearing this for the very first time, uh, are people that I know. I sent this out to folks that I know, college students, friends, and so on. So you kind of know my history or a little bit of it anyway. Uh, but there will eventually be people on here that have never, uh, heard this before and they don't know me. So it's important that, um, I explain some things, uh, to begin with. Um, there are some things that I want to accomplish with this podcast, and so I think the first thing I need to do is kind of do a preliminary, um, uh, some preliminary podcast just so you can understand what I'm trying to accomplish. The first thing is I'm going to talk about uh, our history, my wife and mine, my family and so on, just to let you know who we are and what we've done and and why uh, this might be relevant to what I'm getting ready to teach uh, the second thing I want to talk about is what is it I'm trying to accomplish with this uh, podcast, and there's going to be uh, a lot of different lessons in it, and it's going to take time, but we I think it's really, really important and have this resource available uh, available for people. And the third thing I want to talk about is the rationale for why I want to accomplish the things I'm trying to accomplish in here. And then we will start with actual Bible lessons, and we're going to be um, going from the beginning to the end. And by that, I don't mean we're going to teach everything in the Bible. But what we are going to do is teach us in a in a founda- chronological foundational sense so that whatever we're teaching is built upon previously understood information. And my assumption is that a lot of you or some of you or even many of you who may be hearing this later on have no foundational information to what it is that... Um, um, we believe and what we understand and what i'm what i'm trying to accomplish so i just don't want to make assumptions about what people believe and understand i want to if anything assume they don't know what i'm talking about and then explain very well or to the best of my ability so that people come away with a correct view of who this person is who claims to be god so uh with that being said uh this first episode is really going to be talking about who i am as a as a person Like I said before, my name is Doug Scheibel, but a lot of my friends call me tribal Scheibel. And the reason they do that is because we were missionaries in Papua New Guinea. We worked in a tribe out there. Uh, We were the first white people to learn their language and culture and so on. But that's that's uh, for a little bit further. Uh, Let me start off with some uh, more foundational or uh, better understanding. Uh, My wife and I, we've been married for 45 years. Uh, I'm 66. She's 65. And uh, we really, really do like each other a lot. And so we're good friends. And we've uh, done a lot of things in our lifetime. uh, And just our, uh, just our experience is uh, really kind of unique in many ways, but not so unique in other ways. So what we're going to do here is start kind of at the beginning of our, our Christian life. I'm, I'm, um, maybe a little bit earlier than that, but not much earlier. Uh, just to give you some basic background, I'm from Kansas. My wife uh, is from Kansas. Uh, she was born in Arkansas. I was born in Kansas, but she moved here when she was two years old. So she's lived here all her life. And uh, we did not know each other, never met each other until after we both had graduated from high school. And uh, some our best friends uh, tried to get us together on a blind date, and that worked out. I always tell people she was blind and I was the date. But uh, she's a good gal, and I'm kind of taller. She's kind of shorter, and uh, we're just kind of a mutton Jeff type of um, group or a couple, anyway. So back in uh, 1977, I was working at the telephone company. Um, I um, didn't know the Lord. I didn't understand any of this stuff about, I mean, true biblical Christianity. I understood about the religion of Christendom, but I didn't understand what biblical Christianity was. And so um, back uh, when I was working at the phone company, um, I just got this real strong urge to call some of my old high school buddies that I hadn't seen in probably eight years. So I started calling several ones up and talking to them and visiting, had a good time and everything. And then I remembered this one guy, Brian, um, who I hadn't seen either in eight years. uh, And I thought, I don't know if I want to really talk to this guy or not. Uh, I had heard that he got religion. So, uh, but then I thought, you know, he can't hurt me. So I thought, well, we'll give him a call. So Cheryl and I called uh, Brian and Candy. Now, Brian and Candy and I all went to school together in the same school. Cheryl, my wife, went at a different town in a different school. So she didn't know them, but I had known them. Uh, Brian just lived right around the corner from me, by the way, uh, when we lived over in Augusta, Kansas. So, anyway, We got together that one night and had a good time, talked about a lot of different things and spiritual things, all kinds of things, actually, and just kind of reconnected and reacquainted and had a good time. Well, uh, we were sitting there, and he asked me, he says, listen, we're having a revival service at church. Would you like to come? And I told him, I says, well, to be really honest with you, I don't think so, you know. And he said, well, it's okay, no pressure or anything like that. So at the end of the evening, when we were getting ready to leave, we were walking to the door and Brian reached up on the bookshelf, grabbed a little book and handed it to me. He says, uh, would you mind reading that? I said, sure, I'll read it. And I looked at the title and said, how to be a Christian without being religious. And I remember thinking, well, that's an odd title for a book. How in the world can a person be a Christian and not be religious? But I, thought, I told him, I said, OK, I'll take it home. I'll read it, you know. And so I took it home, put it on my bookshelf and forgot about it. Well, a couple of months later, we were uh, sitting at home and I just got this real strong urge to call Brian and Candy up again. So called him up, got a date together. Uh, it was on a Wednesday night. I remember calling him and I no sooner hung up that phone and I thought, oh, he's going to ask me if I've read that book. So um, I, uh, I was working third shift at the phone company, uh, 11 at night till 7 in the morning. And I thought, well, if I get any time, I'll start reading it. And if I read a couple of chapters, then at least I won't be lying to him if I tell him I started reading it. So anyway, I took it to work with me. And as things as the Lord does things, uh, I basically uh, worked for a couple hours and our work was done. We kind of had six hours to sit around and do nothing. So I started reading that book and I read the whole book through that night. And I remember just walking away thinking, what in the world did I just read? So I took it with me to work again the next night. And sure enough, the same thing happened. Uh, Very little work, a lot of time to read. I read through the, the book that night again, and I got saved reading that book. And the book was actually a little commentary on the book of Romans. And it was very easily explained, very well explained, and some of the illustrations were very well done. They weren't fancy. They were just like line drawings, but they were very effective in what they were trying to convey. And uh, I think the thing that really stood out to me was it said that Abraham was justified by faith apart from the deeds of the law. And that really hit me as a religious person, you know, uh, per se. So anyway, um, uh, I, um, man, I got so excited and I called uh, uh, Brian up on a Friday morning. I said, guess what? And he said, you got saved. (laughs) I said, well, how did you know that? He says, well, why would you call me at this time in the morning and ask me that kind of a question? And so, and uh, if they were to talk to you today and you were to visit with them and ask them, what was it like for the first year? Uh, they'd both tell you the same thing. He says, I called him every night for a year and talked for two hours every night, just talking and visiting and asking and questions and things that I'd understood and read and so on. So anyway, um, the problem was, and you know, I am almost, almost immediately uh, wanted to head to the mission field. That's what he was doing. And I remember thinking, why would he do that? So I started studying God's word. and The more I studied, the more I became convinced that You know, if God wanted to reach a world, then so should I. You know, why not me? Uh, The only problem was is that Cheryl wasn't a believer yet. So Cheryl, I talked to her and talked to her and talked to her and tried to convince and cajole and everything, trying to get her to understand this. And I was so frustrated. And then after a couple of months, um, one night I was getting ready to go to work and I just set her down on my lap and I said, You know, Cheryl, I says, I don't want to die and know that I'll never see you again. And then she got saved that night. So uh, that's how our spiritual life started. And then about six months later, uh, we were at a mission conference up in uh, Oregon. And uh, we both, uh, I had already want, wanted to go, but Cheryl decided at that point that she wanted to do also. So um, a year after we became believers, we were in uh, Bible school getting uh, training uh, for missionary work. And the first thing we felt is, We need to get good theological, good Bible education because uh, you can't impart what you don't possess. And so we felt if we needed to, if we were going to go teach people the truth of God's Word, then we needed to know what the truth of God's Word was. So we went to uh, what back then was New Tribes Bible Institute in Wisconsin, and we were there, and then we went on to um, uh, uh, boot camp. And uh, we were there for missionary training for three semesters, and then we stepped out. Uh, we got flight training and aircraft mechanics because we thought we were going to uh, go with the aviation program at one time. And then we stepped back into the training, went through another year of boot camp. Then we went to our language and linguistic institute. And while we were there, uh, the course of our life was changed again, and uh, a man was— um, uh, talking about the needs of the field, and he was talking about uh, Papua New Guinea in particular. Uh, but he uh, stuck his thumb on a map of New Guinea and said that, you know, underneath that thumb are 10 different tribes that have never heard the name of Christ. And so uh, it didn't hit me at the moment, but as the week went on, that kind of kept coming back over and over and over again. I thought, you know what? Why not me? Why? I mean, I, there's enough guys that can fly airplanes, but Who's going to go and tell this group or that group or one of those 10 tribes? So Cheryl and I uh, changed our minds and we went back in, uh, decided to go back to church planning and we can t- finished up our training there. And then in um, uh, January of 1991, the day after Desert Storm started, uh, we went to Papua New Guinea with the process of uh, being missionaries. And. So we did survey work, we did uh, visit a lot of different tribal locations, uh, we found a place where we were going to work. Uh, for those of you that have seen the e video, um, we worked in the tribe next to them, they were a neighboring tribe, and so that uh, that's where we eventually ended up working with the people called the Solong, just like Solong, I went the other way, Solong, uh, that's how you pronounce it. And we started that process of learning the language and culture and teaching and translating and literacy. I, we didn't really do the literacy program. Our partners did. They finished that up. And we did some translation. We did all the Old Testament portions, uh, Mark and some other uh, passages in the Gospels. But our partners, the Wolves, they, they finished up. They did the bulk of the work. Uh, we came home in 1990. Oh Well, let me say this. And after... Um, Five years of being out there in that work, uh, we were able to uh, teach, and and that's why this is important. What I'm getting ready to do with you, we're going to teach you the same way we taught our tribal people, Uh, starting at the beginning, laying foundational truths, and so on. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in uh, in um, the next couple of uh, podcasts. So anyway, that's what we started to do. Started that process out. And then we came home in uh, January, uh, or February of 1998. Uh, we had family members who were dying that we had to come back and take care of and look after. And uh, so we did that. And then after a couple of years, uh, both the people that we were looking after have passed on. And, and uh, during that time, um, uh, the mission, which was New Tribes at that time, but now it's Ethnos 360, um, they asked me if I would uh, consider doing representative work. And this is actually while we were here on those two years. So we started that process out, and we started getting a lot of contacts, a lot of places opened up. And when the time came, we, we felt it was really important just not to drop all this stuff that we had built up and just drop it off also. And so we continued on, and uh, that's what I've been doing since uh, 2000 is as being a representative of of our agency and the way i really like to explain it to people is i'm not here to represent ethnos 360 which is the new name for new tribes mission i'm here to represent tribal people they're the ones that need this message they're the ones that need these translations they're the ones that need literacy and so on and so forth and so if i can find young folks people that are willing to give their lives to reach people like that that's what i want to invest my time in and so um, that's what we're in the process of doing right now. And I've been doing that ever since, and it's been coming, it's been getting better and better every year. And this last year, as far as I'm concerned, is the best year yet. Just more and more young folks who have seen that they could be a part of God's plan of reaching a lost and dying world. So, um, this will kind of finish up this, uh, particular podcast. And, um, I just want to say thanks for taking the time to listen. I hope it works out well. Uh, like I said, in the next one, we're going to be talking about what I want to accomplish with this and uh, and so on. And then in the next lesson, after that, we'll talk about the rationale for doing this. And then we're actually going to start uh, after that. So thank you guys so much for what you're doing. Uh, thank you for listening. And if you feel that this is valuable, pass it on. Give it to someone else so that they can listen to it, too. And I think as time goes on, I think you will really, really appreciate being taught this particular way, starting at the beginning and laying foundational truths through the word of God so that we have a a true understanding of uh, what God wants us to know. So anyway, thank you guys so much and uh, just appreciate you. And let's just keep pressing on. Thank you.